0: This is Fresh Tracks Weekly. Hunting season is about to be in full swing for us. Next week, I am heading up to Alaska to film Jim Bachtel's bison hunt. Super excited about it. And I'm gonna be up there until September. And immediately when I get back, it's right into elk season in Montana. Gonna be pretty wild starting next week. But with that in mind, this is the last episode of Fresh Tracks Weekly for the foreseeable future. I hope that we can still do some opportunistic episodes throughout the hunting season but no promises, it's gonna be super busy. We're gonna be all over the place. So we'll see if we can get some out, we'll do it. But if not, hopefully next winter we'll be back into some weekly content. But Michael has been in Ohio for the last week. So we have a little bit different of a fishing corner this week. So let's catch up with Michael.
1: We're back in the fishing corner for the last episode of Fresh Tracks Weekly. And today I'm gonna give you an update on what I've been doing fishing wise. So last week, it was my grandma's 80th birthday. So I traveled back to Ohio with my girlfriend, got to hang out with my family, and did not get to do a bunch of fishing. But I did get out for three days. The first morning, went out to a favorite pond of mine. There were a bunch of little kids fishing, so I left. I let them be. They could have the good spot. It's a spot that I grew up fishing in Ohio. And then uh, went to a different one, caught a few bluegills on poppers and a tiny little bass. And it's just a lot of fun to get out and do that. I haven't done that in years, I think. Yeah, it's been years since I've gone out and thrown poppers. A few days later, we went to the river. The water temperature was 80 degrees at uh, like 8 in the morning, so crazy warm temperatures. It really reminds me of why I don't ever want to move back to the Midwest, specifically Columbus, Ohio. Um, just humid as heck and and really miserable. But we did uh, catch some fish. My buddy Jesse took me out to a few spots that he's been kind of fishing over the years. Uh, caught a couple smallmouth on streamers. It was really sweet. My girlfriend caught her first uh small mouth on a fly rod and then the last day which was yesterday before we flew back to montana uh i headed back to that pond that i was telling you about that um and just caught a couple little bass a few fish on poppers It was pretty sweet so i'm on day 130 um if i go out tonight it'll be 131 so making my way still it's uh 70 more days till 200 and the hunting season's coming up so i feel like it's gonna be a little bit hard to get out but um i'll do my best and we got warm weather here in montana so might do some carp fishing definitely gonna go uh for an overnight float trip this weekend with cassie and uh hopefully i'll have some more uh fishing clips but you won't see them because we aren't doing fresh tracks weekly for a little bit Anyways, thanks for uh, tuning in over the past 24 weeks. It's pretty sweet. Thanks, Marcus, for uh, including me in the Fishing Corner, and we'll at least give you maybe a mid-season update. I'll give you the Fishing Update then, and uh, if not, we'll hit it back again next season with uh, the Fishing Corner.
0: Back to you, Marcus. All right, let's dive into some news. More wolves and more trying to take away Pittman and Robertson funding, but this time at the same time. The Center for Biological Diversity, along with some other animal welfare groups, have filed a petition with the U.S. Fish Wildlife Service requesting that they disqualify Montana and Idaho from receiving Pittman and Robertson funding because of their aggressive approach to wolves. The groups are claiming that both Montana and Idaho are attempting to nearly wipe out wolves by their liberalized seasons, quotas, and methods of take. They continue on in this petition to claim that because of these aggressive regulations, both states are not practicing responsible wildlife management, and therefore should not receive PR money. Both Montana and Idaho have indeed authorized a lot of different methods of take, long seasons, and have enabled a lot more ways for wolves to be killed. But both states' respective wildlife management agencies maintain that they have provisions to keep the wolf population from dipping below sustainable levels. Both Montana and Idaho have seen very stable wolf populations over the last few years, maintaining estimates of around 1,500 wolves in Idaho, for the last three years and 11 to 1200 in Montana over the last three years. It'll be interesting to see how the Fish and Wildlife Service reacts to this petition. This next story is kind of wild. I hadn't heard about it until it was recently brought to our attention. Uh, I really wish I had more time to research it as there's a lot of interesting facets to it. It uh, definitely deserves a deeper dive, but here's the overview of what I've found so far. On Utah Lake, the Utah Lake Restoration Project aims to create artificial islands to improve water quality, restore native aquatic species, and conserve water resources, among many other claims by the private company. Another big part of the plan is to also have a real estate development on the majority of the 18,000 acres that it plans to create through these islands. The company behind this is lake restoration solutions this company appears to have very deep pockets and has been putting a lot of effort into advertising and public relations to garner support for this multi-decade multi-billion dollar project here's where it kind of gets interesting while on the surface this project seems like a win-win a lot of the scientific community firmly opposes the plan a lot of scientists believe the plan will do more harm than good There are some scientists who support the plan, but a lot of them appear to be on the payroll of Lake Restoration Solutions. Critics have pointed out that there have been shady practices surrounding this project, including poor science, lack of planning, few explanations of how they're going to accomplish all of these supposed goals. The critics have also provided examples of similar projects that have either failed or had drastic unintended consequences. The debate has been so heated that Lake Restoration Solutions is suing a Brigham Young University ecology professor for $3 million for defamation because of his criticism about the project. Also, another interesting twist to the story, the CEO and founder of Lake Restoration Solutions, Ryan Benson, who is also the CEO and founder of an organization, Big Game Forever, which has a past of leveraging public dollars in the name of wildlife, but have been criticized about the lack of transparency, about how those funds were used. But anyway, there is so much to the story, and I'm going to continue to read about it, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Uh, it's very, very interesting. As I read through all the news articles and blog posts, I can't help but thinking that I'm reading a script to the TV show Goliath, where Billy Bob Thornton is fighting the big, giant, evil corporation. Anyway, uh, a lot to learn on this one. Very interesting. I will continue to follow. As you may have noticed from watching Fresh Tracks Weekly, there has been a lot of attention to elk management in Montana. Over the last few years, there has been attempts to move towards privatization. There's been movements to kill a ton more elk and suggestions that will likely make public land hunting much worse. Because of this, the Montana Citizens Elk Management Coalition was formed and they are holding a symposium in Bozeman this weekend to host to the public, biologists, whoever wants to show up really, to discuss the future of elk management in Montana. So this is where I personally have a moral conundrum. I would like to go to the symposium, but I also have a likely once in a lifetime elk tag. And this is my last weekend that I can go scouting for it. This is kind of an interesting internal battle when you have to choose between fighting to preserve the thing that you care about versus doing the thing that you care about. This example, influencing elk management versus going elk hunting slash scouting. Anyway, I can play mental gymnastics forever with this, but at this point in my life, I admittedly do not participate in the process as much as I probably should. Um, I go in and out of phases of submitting public comments and emailing politicians. I don't know. But one thing that I found as I have got more involved is that there are people who are way more educated and way more passionate about this than I am. And I have a deep, deep respect for those people. I hope that I can do a fraction of what those people do. Uh, It is amazing. I have so much respect for them and I hope that they continue to fight these battles. But I also admit that I live my life in ignorance sometimes in order to be happy. And yeah, I am going to go scout for elk this weekend. I will not be at the symposium. On that note, for this week's Deeper Dive, we're gonna keep it on the positive side because I like to live in ignorance and be happy. So we're gonna do a rundown of the upcoming season, talk about some of the hunts we're going on and some of the stories that we wanna tell on those hunts. So we're gonna get Randy, we're gonna get Michael, we're gonna get Jace, and we're gonna talk about the upcoming season, should be a good one. Hey. Oh, hey. (laughs) All right, so for the Deeper Dive, it's because this is the last Fresh Tracks Weekly, for a little bit at least. For a while. I kind of want to talk about what, what we're going to be up to. Well, we're going to be out of the office for a lot of a lot of days. Lots of time.
1: Calendar's pretty crazy Cal- here. The
0: calendar is going to get very busy soon. So I'm heading yeah. up to Alaska first thing next week to film Jim Bajetel's bison hunt. Pretty excited about that.
2: Those of you who want Jim back by popular demand. He will be here with his big bushy beard and his loud laugh and big smile. But is he going to use his Hawken?
0: He said he wants to use a rifle, so I'm, I'm bringing a rifle up okay. for him. So.
2: All right, yeah. everyone's like, who's that guy with that custom Hawken? Oh, I know, yeah. So you guys get some Jim Bechtel this year.
0: What's the logistics on that one? Oh, so we're going to have to fly in. We're going to then float down a river and then get picked up on a different airstrip.
1: Float on a raft?
0: So he rented a big, like, catamaran, like, pontoon boat, and then I'll be on the pack raft, kind of, you know, paralleling him, getting getting some sweet footage, hopefully. He, hopefully not dunking the cameras in the river. Please don't. And then, it's so it's myself, Jim Bajetolt, and then one of his other friends who I've yet to meet, who was also, I think, uh, either Forest Service employee or former Forest Service employee. But anyway, super pumped about that. The story... Uh, is obviously the adventure aspect is going to be huge pretty sweet and then also there's some really interesting history about how the bison were put into the area which I think we're going to dive into a little bit and then also how some of Alaska is changing just like the landscape is changing with fires coming in and more grass and so it's like in some respects creating better habitat for the bison so cool cool stories there but yeah. And then, meanwhile, your what's your plan? You, I'm going to Nevada pronghorn hunt. Well, let's go. Well, I mean, I'm not well, going to be there. I wish I could be I mean, there,
2: but I'm hoping that I get through. I've I've blocked it off, <laughs> thinking I'm going to buy one of the. You know, they have that first come first serve thing, and uh, <clears throat> I screwed it up last Saturday. I thought I was buying an archery tag, so I let it expire for five minutes. I you got a five minute timer, and you can add one tag to your cart per week. So I'm in the penalty box till this Saturday. But I still got it blocked off on the calendar in this morning. Matthew ended up with a pronghorn take. So we're going somehow.
0: Yep, that's awesome. So you can never have
1: too many pronghorn hunts as far as I'm concerned.
0: Speaking of which, Michael is gonna also be. Yep. What are you guys going?
1: We're going on the 22nd through the 26th. So not next week, but the following week meeting up with my buddy Zach Farrenball. we're doing the archery pronghorn uh it's pretty easy to draw as a resident here in Montana we're gonna be hunting in Montana um he drew a tag and then so Zach from THP and then Sam Soho will be there as well we're gonna run around the prairie and see if we can't arrow one I've done it for years now and never have I've gotten close a couple times but I'm looking forward to for one of us hopefully to get one it'll be uh, are you
2: doing blinds over water or spot and stock
1: uh those guys definitely want to do spot and stock I'm gonna bring the blind just just in case you know the last couple of days but I've never been out east to hunt for them so we'll that's what we're gonna do and I've hunted them kind of closer to home and kind of just done it as a fun thing to do after work kind of deal but I've never devoted like five days straight to do it so it'll be fun to hang out with those guys and uh, haven't seen them in a while so that's kind of my big one for this year that'll be sweet yeah yeah cool
0: it's just like I'm jealous I want to go on everything but you can only be in one place at one time it turns out
2: (laughs) well (laughs) when it comes to elk hunting that's the hard part because we're we're trying to fit some of this calendar doesn't even have Bo and Kirsten's hunts in there yeah (laughs) and Bo called me on Tuesday it's like hey, Kirsten would really like to have her antelope hunt filmed and her deer hunt. And my elk, uh, I'm like, uh-oh, we don't have enough camera guys. We did, that calendar is not very pretty.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be very busy. But um, I
1: think, let's see. So
0: that's just the first. Oh, like, look at that. Week. That's Mine. like, essentially, yeah. we're only in August still. Yeah, yeah. And like, so we haven't even hit September. Okay, I'm
2: going to rattle off my September. Okay, Jason see. and I are going to hunt archery elk here in Montana the first week of the season. Then we're going to Idaho to help Scott Jones who has the super tag that's for elk. And then we're gonna come home and then me and you and Jace and Mike Spitzer and Bo, we're going to Wyoming at the end of the month because we have Wyoming general tags, me and Bo and Mike, so that's what my September looks like.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of elk in a lot of places. Yeah, my my plan is a lot of elk in one place. Mm-hmm. Every any day that Randy's not telling me I need to be in whatever location, I'm gonna be hunting. Hold on, my, Michael can vouch for this. <laughs> I told Marcus and
2: since he's got a special tag, he has the whole month off to elk hunt. <laughs> Didn't I? It,
0: I mean, pretty much. I, I'm, I we gotta go to Wyoming and film that, which I'm very excited well, about. Yeah, that's only so. like five days, and then you guys. <laughs> hey,
2: people. Jace has a wedding the first weekend of, of October, and so does Marcus. So we gotta cut our Wyoming elk hunt short because they got buddies who are dumb enough to get married in elk season.
0: Ethan, if you're watching. This
2: is the last this is the last year anybody in this office gets to be in a wedding, even if it's their own during hunting season. Last year Michael had like five weddings
0: there's a lot of all you all you
2: folks have have these weddings
0: and hunting season and it's killing me uh anyhow yeah so you got the whole month of september to elk hunt Marcus. i know and i'm gonna yeah both Karen and i have the special permit probably once in a lifetime tag mm-hmm. at least i'm treating it that way so i'm very excited about that and yeah hopefully we take out early but you know I'm going to be picky. I'm usually usually not very picky, but I am going Mr. to be Mr. Raghorn is going to be I picky. I yeah. am going to try we'll to be picky. We'll yeah, <laughs> Michael, <like, laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> yeah. huh? I think it's an Inni-Elk. An <laughs> <any> <laughs> oh. uh, what
2: else? We got anything else on that calendar? No?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's September. What's your plan in
1: September? Uh, just hunt elk around here. Yeah. I'm going to be in the office a lot in September, kind of helping out here. and doing things here, but I'll definitely be getting out on the weekends and get, be getting some clips, maybe doing a little filming of myself, but uh, don't have any plans, planned hunts that are going to be filmed, so. Yeah. But I'm kind of excited for that, it's kind of nice to go out and hang out with some friends and do a little elk hunting on the weekends.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: My, so. my, my, uh, my October calendar,
1: I don't have any hunts
2: of my own in October. I have a sweepstakes winner, Sean, who drew a really good Wyoming elk tag. Sweet. So going to help him. Matthew burned maximum deer points in uh, Wyoming, so he's going to have the same tag. Yeah. When was that week? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Twenty nineteen, three, uh, three years ago, three years ago. He'll or have yeah, we'll yeah. have that same deer tag, and then he burned thirteen pronghorn points, and. Some of you are probably like, well, why are you guys burning all these points in Wyoming? Because all year, Wyoming has been talking about going to cutting non-resident tags to 10%. And I don't like inflation. (laughs) And that's gonna create some serious inflation on your Wyoming points. So this group in, in our team, we're like burning those Wyoming points fast. So that's why I'm gonna be in Wyoming so much this year.
0: Yeah. That should be fun. I'm gonna, I get to take along at least on the, the deer hunt. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So.
2: And then I'm trying to squeeze in uh, John Cushman. He's a disabled vet. Uh, he's been on our show before. He got away uh, uh, an Idaho moose tag and i'm trying to figure out where we find a camera guy and get a film permit it's like john if you're listening i'm scrambling man (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: well that's an interesting story too so that would be a a cool one but we'll see um yeah i have a montana antelope on the calendar thinking that i was a shoe in to draw i didn't draw me either son of a gun but jace didn't draw none of us drew My buddy who is researching pronghorn did draw. He did draw, oh. So we'll see if we can make it happen. I'm hoping that we can. Schedules are in flux, but if we can make it happen, it'd be fun to tell a story. I'm not sure if it'll happen or not So Cool. But regardless, he has a cool pronghorn hunt, which is exciting to try to take along on. Um, I'm going to try sneak in two
2: days of Montana General Deer. Yeah. Late October if I can.
0: That's a, you know, we're pretty spoiled in Montana when we just have like a it's long awesome. hunting season. It's like, oh, I can go out yeah. this weekend. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so November. into November.
2: Mm. I'm gonna try sneak in a couple more days of deer hunting. And if I don't fill my elk when Jason are
0: Archery hunting, I'll try to fill an elk tag done too, but. Nice. My big November excitement is Colorado Mule Deer which I burnt 10 points uh, getting a permit down there. I don't know if it probably didn't take 10 points, but I just wanted to go. But I think uh, I'm excited about that one too because I want to try to tell, I mean, the, the story of the hunt should be fun and I'm going to be picky on that hunt too because it took 10 years to get the permit. But I uh, have an idea of trying to tell the story of how the winter ranges and how... Colorado is a really interesting example of just impacts on mule deer through public recreation and the traditional non-consumptive users yeah you know backcountry skiers hikers backpackers dog walkers and I'm all of the above too so like I'm I'm not not like I don't want to like try to like uh you know bash on those people for ruining mule deer winter range necessarily but just like kind of talk about that aspect of the story while we're on that hunt because it is it does have an impact, and there's some research looking into it, and so I think that'll be an interesting story to try to tell, and Colorado is kind of in the heyday of mule deer right now, to some respects, in terms of people are killing very mature bucks, but at the same time, there's some, uh, you know, areas where the wind range is degrading, the herds are declining, they're not entirely sure what's going on in every population, but... Some You'll have it
2: figured out. By interesting the time you're story with interesting
0: that, stories huh? to tell down there for sure. So. I got
2: in my November, is like this is a whitetail year for me. Sweet. Sweet. I got a an Idaho over the counter leftover whitetail tag, which that's kind of was my goal for the season. Is after last year having a moose tag and a mountain goat tag, I'm worried that an audience thinks, well, that's what a season should be. <laughs> and that's so outside the norm for right. us. It's mm. normally, yeah. like Michael, your pronghorn tag is yeah. like 90% chance yeah. of drawing. So this year, all my tags that I have personally are general leftover or over the counter Nice. And that Idaho whitetail, that's what that's gonna be. I get done with that, I head to Minnesota. I'm going back there, yeah, be gonna sweet. talk about the culture of how I grew up, where everybody's got a deer camp In their deer camp, like my buddy Dick Ferguson, his deer camp's only five miles from his house, but he stays there all 16 days of deer season. (laughs) And that's that's the culture. I probably will not even see a a buck, let alone shoot one, but I want to tell the story of these cultures. Oh, I think that's uh, super cool. So that's my deer hunting in November.
0: It's kind of funny that you say that yours are mostly over-the-counter or easy-to-draw hunts because I feel like that's what i've had the majority of my life and then now it's this is almost my glory tag year i have a really good mule deer tag and a really good elk tag and so it's like yeah i've never i mean these are the probably the two in theory highest quality hunts that i've ever drawn a permit for so yeah
2: i'm excited well probably i'm gonna end my season it won't be my hunt with probably the highlight of my year is uncle larry he's yeah. an arizona resident Drew a late rifle tag. Starts the day after Thanksgiving, and he calls me up. He calls me Newhab. Hey Newhab, I drew that blankety blank tag. I think it's my last blankety blank elk hunt. You better get your blank down here. <laughs> All right, Larry, I'll be there. That's well, awesome. I'm I'm trying to get his brother Uncle Mike there because uh, I'm thinking went. if we had Larry and Uncle Mike on the same hunt, yeah. that that th- you couldn't script any better comedy than that
1: yeah the amount of trash talk is gonna be insane colorful trash talk. yeah so
2: so that's how i get to end my season sweet
0: and then your november you kind of have a punt yeah maybe
1: maybe i'd toss up between doing a float hunt i got a jet boat this year so um there's some cool access uh on some of these rivers in montana so possibly doing that or i might you know go a different way and try and get some of the guys in the office together for a like a wall tent camp a couple days and do a deer hunt um there's a lot of there's some people here that you don't see as much and are behind the scenes that have been itching to go out and go hunting a lot and I thought it might be fun to do that. So we'll see what the resources are are available during that time and kind of go yeah, from there. But either one sounds like a lot of fun. I love hunting deer in Montana during the rut with the rifle. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's okay. sweet. But you're going to hate me, Michael, because I'm trying to get that changed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All these people are yeah. hating
2: me too. But, no, I'm not going yeah, to get it no. changed, but... It's, uh, it is kind, of, our, say it's
0: kind uh, of unfair. It's our signature culture here in Montana. <laughs> know, you guys aren't from here. You just don't understand. I Sorry, know. All you, all you non-residents coming in, changing our politics. God, tell I you know. what. Run me out of
2: town. I've only been here 31 years. Damn newcomers. <laughs>
0: Uh, just kidding. Uh, but Jace also has a mule deer tag in Colorado, which is exciting. Yeah, Jace is behind the around. camera yeah. right now, but uh, so that, that's exciting. And then uh, towards the end of November into December, my dad and I have coos deer tags in Arizona, rifle wow. coos deer tags. So excited about that. He's never been down there. Um, I don't, I, he's definitely never hunted down there, so I can't. Yeah. But uh, so it'll be fun to we'll go chase some coos deer and hopefully link up with wids or lingo and chase quail yeah. after that so yeah i can see fun. your
2: dad shooting the first deer because he knows yeah. he gets to go bird hunting <laughs> right. with yeah. wade yeah. after that yeah exactly marcus so. hurry up <laughs> and shoot one those <laughs> quail are waiting for it mean, i don't
0: even care if i if i get a deer <laughs> or not so it'll be fun that'll be a good time
2: um well that's a lot
0: yeah we got a lot of hunts and then i mean again like we were saying in montana opportunistically if we have any oh. gaps in the counter know, you just go out after work you can I did bring my tree arm home from Ohio
1: so maybe doing a little tree stand whitetail hunting I don't know if our maybe our audience will like that but I got another tree arm if you need yeah. one someone <laughs> sent me one I don't even own a tree stand yeah, yeah. but I used to do that cell film and whitetail stuff so there's some cool
0: river bottom around here and might might yeah there's, there's some archery some on yeah. areas too yeah. and everything so oh well, yeah it's, it's exciting we're still working on stories for some of them too it's uh For me, I really enjoy the, like, telling the stories outside of the story about the hunt itself, too. And so it's really fun to come up with different ideas and different storytelling methods. And um, we got some cool plans, I think, this year. Should be a good one.
2: We got three of us tackling the film permit process. We're just about wrapped up with that. Yeah. And then we can start into stories, and then
0: off we go. Yeah. But anyway, a little bit of a positive deeper dive i hope this week and uh who knows when we'll be back we will be back at some point with fresh tracks weekly for sure in the winter we'll get back into it yeah but uh yeah thanks for watching thanks for following along over the last uh 24 episodes now so whoa but maybe we'll get an opportunistic one out during hunting season we'll see but mid-season update or yeah But uh, the, the email will still be live. If you want to reach out, you can email us at uh, weekly at freshtracks.tv. So.
2: Go hunting.